letters there, a book of Tully's epistles for himself, and two volumes of Plautus's comedies for the Lady Mary. But what among his day's purchases pleased him most was a medallion in silver he had bought in Cheapside. It showed on the one side Cupid in his sleep, and on the other Venus fondling a peacock. It was a heart-compelling gift to any wench or lady of degree. He puckered up his deprecatory and comical lips as he imagined that that medal would purchase him the right to sigh dolorously in front of whatever stomacher it finally adorned. He could pour out odes in the learned tongue for the space of a week, a day, or an afternoon, according to the rank, the kindness, or the patience of the recipient. Something invisible and harsh touched his cheek. It might have been snow or hail. He turned his thin, cunning face to the clouds, and they threatened a downpour. They raced along like scarves of vapor, so low that you might have thought of touching them if you stood on tiptoe. If he went to Westminster Hall to find Judge Combers, he would finally get his belly well filled, but his back wet to the bone. At the corner of the next hedge was the wicket-gate of old Master Grocer Badge. There the magister would find at least a piece of bread, some salt and warmed mead. Judge Comber's wife was easy and bounteous, but old John Badge's daughter was a fair and dainty morsel. He licked his full lips, leered to one side, muttered, A curse on all lords' porters, and made for John Badge's wicket. Badge's dwelling had been part of the monastery's curing-house. It had some good rooms and two low stories, but the tall garden wall of the Lord Privy Seal had been built against its side windows. It had been done without word or warning. Suddenly workmen had pulled down old Badge's pigeon-house, set it up twenty yards further in, marked out a line and set up this high wall that pressed so hard against the house-end that there was barely room for a man to squeeze between. The wall ran for half a mile, and had swallowed the ground of twenty small householders. But never a word of complaint had reached the ears of the privy seal other than through his spies. It was, however, old Badge's ceaseless grief. He had talked of it without interlude for two years. The Badge's room, their house-place, was fair-sized, but so low-sealed that it appeared long, dark, and mysterious in the winter light. There was a tall press of dark wood with a face minutely carved and fretted to represent the portal of Amiens Cathedral, and a long black table, littered with large sheets of printed matter in heavy black type, that diffused into the cold room a faint smell of ink. The old man sat quavering in the ingle. The light of the low fire glimmered on his silver hair, on his black square cap two generations old, and in his old eyes that had seen three generations of changes, it twinkled starrily as if they were spinning round. In the cock forward of his shaven chin, and the settling down of his head onto his shoulders, there was a suggestion of sinister and sardonic malice. He was muttering at his son. A stiff neck that knows no bending, God shall break one day. His son, square, dark, with his sleeves rolled up showing immense muscles developed at the levers of his presses, bent his black beard and frowned his heavy brows above his printings. "'Doubtless God shall break his engine when its work is done,' he muttered. "'You call Privy Seal God's engine?' the old man quavered ironically. 
Thomas Cromwell is a brewer's drunken son. I know them that have seen him in the stocks at Putney not thirty years ago. The printer set two proofs side by side on the table and frowningly compared them, shaking his head. He is the flail of the monks, he said abstractedly. They would have burned me and thousands more but for him. Aye, and he has put up a fine wall where my arbor stood. The printer took a chalk from behind his ear and made a score down his page. A wall, he muttered. My lord Privy Seal hath set up a wall against priestcraft all round these kingdoms. Therefore you would have him welcome to forty feet of my garden, the old man drawled. He pulls down other folks' crucifixes and sets up his own walls with other folks' blood for mortar. The printer said darkly, Papists' blood. The old man pulled his nose.